Welcome to this week's episode of London Heal. I am your host, Tatiana Kosesnov. So this week we have a very interesting topic, which I must admit I don't really know very much about. I have pictures in my head of what this is all about, as I think all of us do. The subject we're talking about this week is floating. Now, if anyone's as old as I am, and I pretty much doubt that, um, then you will have watched a few sci-fi films in, in your distant past, as I did, and seen people have weird and wonderful experience in sensory deprivation tanks. And that's kind of, sort of, where we're going with this, but I have an expert in this field who's going to unpack this for us and tell us why flotation, what flotation is and why it's actually really good for you. So on that note, I would very much like to welcome Ed Hawley. And Ed is a flotation therapy entrepreneur and is co-director of Floatworks. Floatworks is a series of centres based in London where people can go in the same way as they'd go to a yoga studio and float for a while. So welcome, Ed. Very nice to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time to speak to me today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So why don't we start right at the very beginning? And maybe um, before we even get into telling us what uh, flotation is all about, um, how did you get involved with this? Yeah, so um, I used to work in the city uh, in the technology industry as a as a salesperson, and my business, my now business partner Chris Plowman, um, also worked in the city as well. And we were becoming quite burnt out, and also just a bit bored, really, of the day to day grind of the jobs that we were doing. I think we, we you know, we did it for ten years, and, and we did enjoy it, um, but we always had a desire to start our own business and to explore something a bit different. And at the time, because we were both um, suffering with a bit of burnout and starting to explore holistic mind, body, health, um, and and healthier lifestyles, we came across floating. And Chris actually went to float because his physiotherapist told him it would be great for back pain. Um, and then he recommended it to me. So I, I went and tried it too. And I found it to be very good um, psychologically, really, more than physically. So two different angles, really, we, we both experienced. And then from there, we were so impressed with the, the power of floating that we started to explore business plans and, and setting up our own center. And then in April 2016, we did that. And we set up Floatworks Vauxhall. Um, and that was successful, and we've now set up Floatworks Angel as well. So we have two centres now. Great. So that's a, a you know fantastic kind of approach. It's exactly my cup of tea, mind, body. You know, they're not connected; they're the same thing. <laughs> and uh, it, you can sort of, kind of, in your mind, envisage why this would be an approach that actually does work on on the whole holistic um, part of the of the human being. So why don't we unpack this a little bit, and you can explain to me and the listeners what exactly floating is. Sure. So when you come to float, you climb into a huge pod filled with warm water and over half a ton of magnesium-rich Epsom salt. And the experience is one of total weightlessness, and it's often likened to floating in outer space. You can't hear anything, you can't see anything, and you can't feel anything. And there is no sense of gravity inside the float pod. So this environment of total weightlessness and a total reduction in external sensory inputs results in a deep, deep relaxation for the mind and the body. And so that is in itself incredibly healing. It's, it's the perfect antidote to the hectic world that we live in. And I think particularly you know, for us, living in the hustle and bustle of a city like London, it's an experience that you can't really get anywhere else. And the, the effects are quite profound. Yeah, I suspect anyone who's ever ever swum in the Dead Sea has has a little bit of an experience of what it's like with to be suspended in in salty water. But um, yeah, the only thing that I wonder about there is like, what it doesn't that actually freak some people out? <laughs> yeah, so um, so I think the first thing to say just on the Dead Sea point that is what um, a lot of people say. They're like, oh, I like the Dead Sea because because it is because there's half a ton. I've had some salts in there, so you float completely effortlessly. 
But then to your other point, I guess the way that it's different to the Dead Sea is that you're climbing into a pod and you're turning off the lights, potentially, if you wish. Um, so that's an unusual experience. So the, the main um, question that we get asked is, I am a bit claustrophobic. Is floating really going to work for me? And I would say that you know, 20%, 25% of our customers or our floaters would ask that question. And the resulting number of people that actually say this is this is not for me is very, very small. It's a couple of percent. And the reason for that is because the float pod, the modern float pod, has been designed to be inviting. It's quite large. And when you climb in there, it's really like being in a small car mm-hmm. as opposed to being you know, encapsulated in, in something that's unpleasant. And it's, it looks like it's kind of designed by Apple. It's a big, white, gleaming pod. Um, the, the, the door, you just touch and it springs open and all the lights in the room come on. You have a light inside that you can control as well. Um, so actually climbing into the pod is, is really pleasant. You know, you're climbing into silky, warm water. It's a large space. It's well lit and you're in total control. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the, the claustrophobia side of things, I think, is um, not something that the vast majority of people need to worry about. And the second question that we get, not as frequently, but people say, you know, it's an hour long and I'm on my own with my thoughts. Is is that something I want to do? <laughs> um, but again, I think that you know some people take to it immediately, and they're in there and they relax and they switch off and they go. And some people do it once or twice before they really get the hang of it. But again, the, the vast majority of people who do it find that their um, their thoughts when inside the pod are reduced, their relaxation is deep, and it's less about being alone in a pod trapped with your thoughts and more about being in a very kind of luxurious and pleasing environment free from sensory external input which frees the mind as opposed to causing any um, tension in the mind sounds amazing I mean as a long-term meditator I, I would imagine that's to, you know, for me that sounds just completely blissful but mm. one thing I've noticed is that sometimes for example with meditation that if you teach people meditation and they're not used to it and and they're the kind of people which I think a lot of us are who run away from being alone with themselves you know they'll distract um, at every available opportunity that sometimes that stillness the enforced stillness brings up some stuff um yeah. have you had any experience of that and how do people deal with it because i think that's quite a genuine concern for a lot of people yeah so um i have so i, I actually used i've used floating to overcome problems and challenges within my life i mean you you can go into a float pod and use it as a problem solving session in a sense and that might be something that is um you know not mentally traumatic that might be a a business for me a business problem solving or a career problem solving thing but it can also be a space to enter into and to look at things within your life that you want to take a look at um, and that you want to improve or that you want to change um i think that it is always, it, or, or it can be difficult, of course, to take a look at things within your life that are um, troubling you or perhaps that you don't want to take a look at. But I think the thing with floating is it's a safe space to go and do that. And everybody that works at Floatworks um, is passionate about and loves floating, but is also passionate about and loves people. Mm-hmm. So the thing about floating is you, you floating itself is powerful, but you also need an, an environment that is quite loving and caring for people to float within because it is a unique experience and you can address things in a float pod that are challenging for you. Um, the other important thing to remember though, is that you can get out anytime. Uh, you know, it's an amazing experience and spending an, an hour or I've spent sometimes four hours in, in solitude in a float pod is very powerful, but you know, we don't recommend that if you're starting to feel uncomfortable that you just stick it out and, you know, grit your teeth, you know, get, get out and come and talk to one of our team and go and have a warm cup of tea and just relax. Um, you know, that's also absolutely fine. We have a relaxation space for post float, which, you know, the vast majority of people are 
sat in, grinning from ear to ear, feeling very relaxed and very loose. But if you uh, go in there and you're having a bad day and you feel anxious and actually it's not the right day for you to float for whatever reason, you can just sit in that space and have a cup of tea and talk to a member of the team. So, um, you know, we're not mental health professionals, but we also recognize that um, floating is a practice that, you know, you can be vulnerable in a float pod or you can be going deep internally in a float pod. Um, and that can happen. So, but you know, the vast majority of people, again, they go in and they relax and they just feel um, an incredible level of relief physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I think, I think that your point is a valid one and it's something that we think about a lot. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And uh, you may not be trained mental health professionals, but I think anybody who's loving and compassionate is a mental health professional these days. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, it's, uh, yeah. and it's very, very wonderful to hear that because I think uh, in this crazy world, we live a, a bit more patience and, and love and kindness and compassion to other people could go a long, long, long way. So I very much applaud your approach on that. I think it's super important um, to hold space for people to be able to explore a lot of things that they're going through. Um, let's get more to kind of like the technical aspects. So you, you talked about the fact that there are Epsom salts. I mean, I think Epsom salts I know have been around for a billion years. I mean, my grandmother used to be a great proponent of Epsom salt baths um, in order to relax you. Um, what's the what's the purpose of doing that? Um, is it solely just to create this flotation so that if you have a high salt water content, that you actually allow the body to float? Or is there an exchange of these minerals with the body? I mean, magnesium can actually go through the skin and actually enter the bloodstream. It's one of the minerals that we're actually quite um, depleted of in in general uh, health. But what's what's the science behind the salt? Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's half a ton of Epsom salt in the float pod. (laughs) It's an awful lot. Yeah, so you can actually, when you climb into the float pod, you can feel the water um, has a very, very different consistency to regular water. It's very silky. And it feels very nice on the skin. Um, so, you know, salt water is healing anyway for cuts and stuff. But we actually provide a little pouch of Vaseline in the room that you can put over a cut because it also stings. So if you have any little nicks on your on your hands or whatever, then it's, it's good to do that. Um, Epsom salt, as you know, as you just said, is very, very, very rich in magnesium. The purpose of the Epsom salt in a float pod is so that you float effortlessly and so that your spine is in a neutral position and so that your musculoskeletal system can entirely relax into the water and be completely supported. You know, so you don't dip under the water at all. It really is entirely supporting your body. Um, but as a, as a byproduct of that, yes, we are, you know, food, scientists say that our food is um, lower in magnesium today due to however it is that we produce our, our fruit and our veg. Um, and there is different schools of thought on how we transdermically absorb magnesium through the skin. Um, but there is a huge amount of magnesium in there. And we do get a lot of people coming to float for that reason as well. Um, I mean, the main, again, the main reason that you float is to achieve this deep relaxation and the feeling of weightlessness and the musculoskeletal neutrality um, is what the Epsom salts give you. But then there's an added bonus that they are packed with magnesium as well. Um, so yeah, but the main thing is just giving you that environment of weightlessness really. Right. So for people who are like myself, who are <clears throat> non-swimmers, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to mm. say, um, yeah. there's there's no risk of, of anything happening to you because you just basically never go under the water, correct? Yeah, I, I, I've slept in, in them before. So I'm not for an entire night, but you know, I've, I've gone in and out of sleep while I've been in there and it's absolutely fine. And there's, there's only 10 inches of water. Um, so, you know, you don't need to be able to swim. It's just like getting into a, a large bath. You know, it's much bigger than a bath, mm-hmm. but it is still just effectively a large bath. Um, and when you lie back on the water, you, you, you would have to really work very hard to push your head underneath the water. Um, you know, you, you, you'd have to like sort of press against the roof and really push yourself down. So there's no way that you're going underneath. There's just far too much Epsom salt in there. And also because it's so buoyant, you can't turn over either if that makes sense. If you try to turn to your side, it will just kind of push you back onto your, onto your back. Um, so yeah, it's completely safe to just relax. It's like getting into 
climbing into a bed really um, in terms of the, the, the level of support that you get. And as I say, it's not very deep. So there are no fears there. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, it, it sounds really, really fascinating. Now, I mean, this is not a new concept. It has been around for a long time. As I said, you know, I I, I first came across it watching some pretty weird sci-fi movies way back when. Um, so, but now surely there, there must be kind of also a fair amount of research that's been done on the effects of floating. So that's something I'd really like to explore. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, where, where it's where it's been looked at, for what kind of conditions and, and what the data is, is looking like. And also perhaps a little bit of your own kind of anecdotal feedback from, from the people that come and, and float. Yeah. So if, we, if I can start by explaining the scientific research, there are decades of scientific research. Um, and all of the research shows that floating has a beneficial effect on the body and mind in a variety of ways. For me, what is the most exciting thing at the moment is that there is a, a laboratory um, in Ohio in the Laureate Institute of Brain Research, which is focused entirely on floating. Wow. And it's head, headed up by a guy called uh, Justin Feinstein. And he has done um, a variety of clinical trials. So I guess three things that I would touch on to simplify that research is the impact that floating has on the brain the impact that floating has on general well-being, and then the impact that floating has on certain biomarkers within the body. So fMRI scanning has shown that floating post-float has a huge reduction in activity in the brain regions that are associated in the anxiety and stress response. So it's actually called, not to get too technical, the salience network. Mm -hmm. And that's a network within the brain that becomes fired up when we have to respond to external stimuli. And the, the hypothesis is that we have to respond far too much in the modern world. You know, our, our phone is ringing. We've got multiple different um, notifications and messages and emails. Again, in London, you know, all you have to do is take the tube at rush hour to realize that your, your fight or flight response is pretty much triggered all the time when you're traveling around London and then frequently when you're receiving information continually throughout the day. So calming down and that network within the brain is really, really beneficial, particularly in, in the modern world. Um, and then just generalized anxiety to scores, pre and post float, he, he has found a significant improvement in, in generalized anxiety, pre and post float. And then biomarkers such as reduced muscular tension, reduced blood pressure, improved heart rate variability, frequency, reduced cortisol in the bloodstream, reduced pain. So there are there are lots and lots of really exciting studies going on and there is also decades of, of research prior to the clinical trials that are being done today there's actually a website called clinicalflotation.com where a lot of this this stuff has been gathered together now for us to take a look at so the science is strong and, it, and it's growing all the time um, and it, yeah it's both the body and, and the mind and as you said they're, they're the same thing ultimately mm-hmm Absolutely. So it seems that the, the main mode of action then is, is really a direct switching off of this fight flight response, a switching over from, you know, into the parasympathetic where we're just calming everything down, which is hugely, hugely important. I could imagine, though, that there's also like from a physical perspective, a very direct um, effect on being able to completely relax a muscle, for example, you know, if I think about things like back problems, it's very difficult when you're not in a flotation device to be able to find a position or sit or stand or lie down where you're actually completely relieving any kind of tension from, from a muscle group. So I would imagine that something like a flotation system is a really unique way to be able to completely relax musculature, especially in like the support system, like the back. Yes. So um, I mean, anecdotally, we see people with um, spine issues and just office-based <laughs> leaning forward all the time, um, tension and, and stress around the shoulders and the neck. And we see incredible results from just floaters coming out of the float pod feeling incredibly loose. I float really, I, know I spend time at a computer. I also go to the gym quite a lot and do sport. So I spend a lot of time 
using floating to recover from athletics, but also just to help with my with my back and my shoulders. So I, we know anecdotally that it's really, really good for that by the way that we feel. Um, but also, again, Justin Feinstein and the clinical trials have shown a huge reduction in muscular tension post-float throughout the entire back. Um, we, we had one a few people who were coming with scoliosis of the spine who had found that nothing else had really helped with the pain and that floating really did. And we've had the same thing with people with um, arthritis. I think also fibromyalgia is another thing that floating is known to be very, very good for. Um, and there is some research to support that and also just anecdotally float centers across the world. Um, but I think that yeah, there is the fact that the spine is entirely neutral and the musculoskeletal system is in, entirely supported in a way that it isn't in any other environment. But I also think, again, just the, the deep relaxation state that you go into um, and the, the, you know, the total reduction in sensory inputs and the impact that, that has on, on, on the brain and just the sense of well-being in the mind, I believe that is also um, a huge factor in reducing back pain. It, it is the physical alignment and the reduction in stress on the muscles but that, that mind element of being deeply relaxed, I think it, it allows you to, to heal yourself, really, and pain just reduces the result of that level of relaxation. Yeah, I think that makes total sense because, I mean, there's a lot of evidence to show that, that pain sometimes persists, particularly back pain, after an injury, for example, has healed because the brain almost kind of gets into this pain producing pattern and it gets stuck there and something yeah. like like what you're describing i can imagine would be a very effective way for kind of interrupting that pain circuit so that the brain forgets that it's supposed to be sending pain signals which are you know no longer necessary because the injury is actually often long gone you know so for like chronic yeah. pain is what i'm talking about yeah absolutely i mean i think we know research shows us that muscular tension decreases and that pain is relieved. Mm -hmm. It also shows us that brain activity is reduced, as we just discussed, and that certain biomarkers change. Um, but then, you know, it's very difficult to prove. But I would, I would say that relaxing the whole system of the mind and body is going to have an array of positive effects across the mind and the body. And you know, we can't. Science is good at breaking things out and analysing them, um, but there's another angle to that whereby it is one system. Mm -hmm. and everything is interlinked um and just being more relaxed and having a greater sense of general well-being i i believe has an impact on pain as, as well absolutely absolutely so generally what what sort of things are people who come regularly or for, even for the first time to you um to float what, what sort of things are they actually intending to get rid of what are the main complaints i'm sure a lot of people are just there out of sheer curiosity <laughs> yeah um i mean i think that there are a staggering amount of reasons that people come floating for because there are so many um benefits but i would suggest that that diverse range of people coming to float seeking that huge range of benefits the underlying thing that is allowing them to achieve those benefits is this deep state of relaxation. I think that's what unlocks the healing and the optimization for the mind and body. Um, but I mean, when we, when we talk about why people come, stress relief is huge. Just general relaxation is huge. Meditation and mindfulness is a, is a reason for coming to flow is huge. Physical therapy and pain and also sleep and insomnia. Um, so I would, I would say they're like the big five things that when we survey all of our floaters and talk to our team, and, and that's what we see as being the main things. But then, you know, there are many other things that um, would hang off that. So we, we have a diverse range of people in terms of men and women. It's about 50-50. We have people from the age of 16 through to the age of 80. Um, you know, business people come and float before meetings to get clarity and focus Artists come to float for like a creative breakthrough. People suffering back pain come and loosen their body and reduce pain. Um, and anyone that suffers with a level of anxiety that they would like to reduce, I think floating is something to explore. Um, and the commonality, as I say, is this deep state of relaxation that has that knock-on effect on all of these things. Wonderful, wonderful. And 
do people find that when they when they sort of establishing a practice of floating or you know I don't know what what sort of would be the ideal frequency. Perhaps that's different for every different person. But my question is, what's the knock-on effect? It's like if you if you go through a flotation practice and you do it reasonably regularly, do you see that the effects then go over into your normal daily life and they get bigger and bigger? So, for example, like people who meditate extensively or actively do relaxation practices and mindfulness, the more you do it, the more you can maintain that effect throughout your day. But it's sort of quite an intentional thing. Floating is sort of quite the opposite. It's it's a complete letting go of everything. Does that also have a cumulative effect that, that people can perceive in their daily lives if they do this regularly? Yeah, so um, prior to owning a float center, I would float once per month. Um, and I think that is a good amount of floating to, to, to start with because floating has quite an acute effect. You know, if, if you've had a particularly stressful month, um, floating can sort of give you a feeling of resetting and rebaselining. Uh, I mean, when you leave a, a float pod, the, the effects um last for hours and hours and sometimes days depending on the person people report different things so there is that immediate effect on the mind and the body and the, the muscles and your psychological state i think that um you know if if you want to really go somewhere with floating and you want to spend a lot of time going inward into a state of having no sensory inputs, then floating weekly. I mean, we have people who float up to eight times per month. But of course, you know, there, there are considerations with that. It's how important to you is it <laughs> to reach these deep states of serenity and tranquility? And how practical is it financially and time-wise to float that much? Um, so I think it's a practice for many people, as is meditation. And it's slightly different to meditation, but it brings about that um, deep state of awareness as, as well as meditation does. And then I think for other people, it's something that they schedule as a regular experience um, that really helps them to reset and gives them a bit of relief from the pace of their life and from the always on, always doing nature of, of modern life, particularly in the city. So then there are a couple of ways to approach it. I mean, I, I used to approach it something that I did monthly as a bit of a reset and I did enjoy going in and going deep and journaling afterwards and really, um, you know, think, thinking about it in that way. Um, and then more recently I do it weekly as a practice and, you know, I'm kind of on a journey of trying to let go more and, and trying to become as serene and tranquil as possible, which is a, you know, <laughs> at times is an uphill struggle, but flo floating certainly helps um, with that more regularly that I do it. Wonderful. Does that kind of make sense, the two absolutely. different ways to approach? Absolutely, yeah, which kind of leads me into the next question, which is that, you know, um, in addition to the sort of mental biophysical approach of relaxation and letting go and reducing stress and anxiety, that, that you know, that it spills over a little bit into a more, it could spill over into a more sort of a spiritual inward journey, Um is that something that you personally are, are kind of experiencing? Do you have other people that go there for that to actually kind of go, actually allow you to expand your consciousness and go further within in a way that perhaps isn't possible um, in other circumstances? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a history. Um, well, <clears throat> excuse me. I think I think first I'd, I'd say you know, with respect to the the, the well-being sort of industry, if you want, if you want to call it that, I think that is kind of moving um, ever more increasingly to have a focus on holistic mind-body health. Um, you know, even if you look at high-intensity training studios, they now kind of incorporate um, psychology into the workout and positive mental attitude into the workout and this kind of thing. Yay! And if you, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, you know, you can do it and, you know, your body is fine the way it is and, you know, all, all, the, all this kind of stuff, which I think is really positive. Um, and then, you know, if you look at the rise of mindfulness and meditation apps, I think that they've grown 24 times in the last four years, yeah. which is absolutely massive. Um, and I, I, I looked at the top 10 meditation apps the other day. I used the one that's at, at number five at the moment, and I found that to be quite life-changing as well. 
Uh, and then yoga is huge. I and mean, I think it's a billion pounds in the UK now. Um, so there is a shift in the well-being industry towards more holistic mind-body health. And you might say towards more spiritual practices coming into well-being mm-hmm. as, as, a, as, a, as an industry. Um, so I think floating can be used in that way for sure. Um, but again, I, what I would, I would go back to is I, I certainly, I meditate a lot and I use floating as a practice that works alongside that. And it is different, um, in, in a, in a way, but mindfulness and meditation floating interlock quite nicely. But then there are just so many people who just come because they just want to relax, you know, and they just get in there and they're not thinking about awareness or consciousness exploration they're just thinking about deep relaxation. Having said that, we get lots of people as well who want to corner you afterwards <laughs> and talk about <laughs> consciousness and the exploration of it and how deep they went and do you meditate and you know, what is awareness? So we do have those people too. Um, yeah, so often these things are, are a question of you have to kind of experience it yourself. You suddenly go, oh my God, like, you know, I got this insight or that sight and you don't always have to take psychedelics to get there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I think floating is a really safe way to explore a different state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, meditation. I, I love meditating. Well, I, do I love meditating? I love what meditating gives me because um, it does give me clarity and help me to feel very sort of clear and, and relaxed. And um, it helps me to avoid negative thought patterns and all those wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and floating is kind of almost like it's not the same thing, but it gives me like a super boost of of clarity and relaxation um, and and a calming of the mind. So um, yeah, they're both they're both really valuable in in different ways, and I do use them both to explore consciousness as well as just to be a bit happier and you know a bit calmer. Very important, very important. Fascinating stuff. I think this is this is really great. So what's the process? I mean, if, if somebody turns up, you know, what do they need to bring with them? You know, do you do this naked? Do you do it in your swimwear? Um, what, yeah. what, what does an, a floating session actually look like? So you don't need to bring anything with you. Um, the room, you have your own room with your own shower and a lockable door. So you can float naked and you don't need anything. Um, we provide a room afterwards where you, with mirrors and hair dryers and there's another room with cups of tea and gentle music playing where you can chill and books and you can read. So from start to finish, we kind of take care of everything, really. Mm-hmm. I think perhaps um, if you wear makeup, you may want to bring that. Maybe if you have like specific moisturizing needs, you may want to bring your own moisturizer. Um, but aside from that, you, you don't need anything. Uh, you just turn up, we give you the towel, when you arrive, we give you, if you're a first time floater, we give you quite a detailed walkthrough. We explain how the pod works, what to expect from the experience, how to get the most out of the experience, how to prepare. And then you just go into the room and have your shower and climb into your float pod and have your, have your flotation experience. And then afterwards, um, we've built an environment that is really designed for people that are coming out of that state of deep relaxation, because really, we don't believe the float ends then, you know, the, the hour float itself is amazing, but then the hours and days afterwards are also, um, can be quite profound and frequently you are in a, in a different, um, state for a long time afterwards. So there's a relaxation space where you can go relax, have a cup of tea. And, um, yeah, our team are always on hand as well to answer any questions and to talk anything through with you afterwards as well great so i mean it's totally low maintenance which is even better <laughs> i think also another aspect of this that i really like because it's something that um that i think we all have to actively do these days is practice self-care um i mean you're taking an hour of time maybe a bit longer actually if you you know travel and preparation time before and afterwards and i think that that's something which is so important that we can actually kind of say you know i'm giving myself this time in the same way as if you go to the gym or whatever whatever but i think so many people don't actually you know everything else has priority um i i really like that because i think it's it's a it's a it's a significant chunk of time that you actually have to say this is my time and i deserve to have this 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, there's the importance of occasionally doing nothing um, and just being completely present uh, can't really be understated. Mm -hmm. Um, And floating kind of forces you (laughs) to just do nothing and to be present, um, which is the kind of perfect antidote to a really hectic life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the act of doing the thing is important. And as you say, also the fact that you're scheduling that in to take some time for yourself, just psychologically, that's important to know that you can do that. Mm-hmm. And I would also say that for me, there's a bit of a, <clears throat> a bit of an illusion that working longer and harder and faster is going to result in better um, you know, results and outputs and actually, you know, taking time out daily to float or to meditate or taking hours out per week to go and have a floating experience or whatever it is that you do actually that doesn't need to be floating um, can improve your productivity and make you more effective. So for those that are worried that, you know, I don't want to waste time, it's not really wasting time. It's, it's an investment. In, in you and your happiness and your productivity and your stability and your clarity. Yeah, absolutely. Which makes you ultimately save time, I think, in the long run. I think we we all could learn a very big lesson from understanding that sometimes less is a whole lot more, right? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Um what are we talking about in terms of cost? Because, you know, a lot of these, that that is a prohibitive thing for a lot of people. So is is this a real luxury experience or is it something which is affordable? Yeah, I think, look, like I say, I float every week. Sometimes I float daily, but I own a flotation. I was going to say, you own, you own the joint, yeah. so it's, it's a yeah. bit easier, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, that's not realistic for everyone. Um so one float is £55. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's similar, I guess, to a massage, but actually you know, some massages are sort of 70, 80 quid. Um, if you float more regularly, then we do a £40 per month membership, which includes one float. You also get a free float every four floats that you do, and you get a range of other, other benefits and gifts and stuff. Um, so, yeah, we, we cater for people who want to float more regularly. Um, but a single float is £55. And yeah, a membership is £40 per float. Um, and then you get some some freebies and some other stuff thrown in there. So I think it depends really on your on your budget, realistically. If you can afford to go and spend £55 per month to have that experience and to feel that deep, deep level of relaxation and then the benefits that result from that, it's just a question of whether or not that's worth it for you um, you know, I, I certainly think it is. And for those that want to float more regularly, yeah, you know, it, it is an investment because it's £40 even then. But like I say, we get people who float eight, pound, eight, eight times per month. So I think it, it just is determined by what your priorities are and where you want to allocate your money. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like me who have uh, signed up for very expensive gym memberships in the past and then never actually gone. So, you know, at least you really, really get, you know, here you actually can just really enjoy it. It's not even painful, which is wonderful (laughs) and still get a huge benefit. Yeah, I think it's, you know, how much do you spend going out for a meal? Exactly. Um, How much, if you drink, how much do you spend going out for some drinks? Exactly. Um, All those things actually end up costing a lot more. So um, it's it's all relative, I guess. But I, I think that it's, the positive impact that it can have is is worth an investment when, when you can. Great. So obviously, you're, uh, this is something that you actually have to go to um, Floatworks in order to experience. And you said that you have two branches in London. What about people who live outside of London or even in other countries? Is this something that is, um, are there other opportunities to do that um, so that they can yeah. become familiar with the technique and maybe yeah. you're planning also to expand so tell us well, we about will, any of those plans <laughs> we will expand so we've got one in Vauxhall we've got Floatworks Vauxhall and we have Floatworks Angel and we will be opening up um, some more float centres over the next 18 months um, but there are float centres dotted around all over the place 
Um, there are there are more than just float works in London, and there are lots all over the UK. Floating actually is huge on the west coast of America. So Seattle is a real hotbed of floating. There are loads of float centres out there. Um, Australia has got loads of float centres as well. It's very very popular over there. I think in Sweden, the, the government has funded floating, so there are lots of wow. float centres there too. Um, so yeah, floating is actually all over the world. And it's, I think, with the rise in focus on mind-body health and floating being so kind of right in the bullseye, really, for mind-body health, um, it's growing in popularity and it's becoming much, much more mainstream. So no matter where you are, um, I'm sure that you can find a float centre that's within reach uh, for you to go and visit. Yeah. Wonderful. Highly encourage everybody to try that. I'm going to come and try it myself soon as well. So cool. <laughs> hopefully see you there. The last thing that I really think is important to to um, clarify is, are there any exclusions? Uh, is, is floating an absolute no-no for, for certain people or certain conditions? Or is it really suitable for everybody? You mentioned, you know, there's no age limit. So, Yeah, um, I think that if somebody... Uh, suffers from epilepsy that is not medicated and controlled then we would be cautious um, we would always ask people to sign a liability waiver that has a range of things on it but one of the key ones is do, do you suffer with epilepsy and is it medicated and controlled and are you comfortable uh, I think for a person with a physical disability um, it really depends on how comfortable they would be climbing into the float pod and how much assistance they require getting in and out actually it's <clears throat> it's a i think it's a wonderful experience for someone with a physical disability that that feeling of, of weightlessness and pain relief and you know if if somebody needs a carer to come and help them in and out that's absolutely fine but it's just something that on a case-by-case -case basis you need to assess um and make sure that it is safe to to get to get that individual in and out of the of the pod but i mean aside from those two things um you know it, it's it, it's for everyone really um and i would love to make it more accessible as well to people with uh physical disabilities and, and, and making the pod more accessible and that's something that you know you have to look at over, over time um there may be various things that you can do to do that but i mean it's still you know with with a carer most people can get into and out of the pod safely but it just needs to be assessed on a case-by-case -case basis great so oh, sounds absolutely incredible highly yeah i've definitely got to give this a try but uh you mm, know I, I, I can see from some just just the way that you've described it i can see all of the benefits immediately so if somebody does want to give it a go what's the best way for them to get in touch with you and book an appointment just go to floatworks.com um follow us on social media because we we give lots of uh tips and information and talk about science and if we do have any offers and um stuff like that then that will all be on our social media regularly as well um and i think that i i spoke to my business partner who runs the marketing side of things i think he's going to give you a, a promotional code of some sort to share with your great. audience so we'll, great. We'll, we'll get that sorted too Wonderful. So we'll put all the links um, in the show notes and a promotional code as well. So people can, can local can go give it a try. I think that's wonderful. Thanks very much for that. Really appreciate it. Um, and I always ask three little questions to all of my guests um, because London Heal is all about mind, body, spirit, medicine. And I like to think of that in terms of health, happiness and serenity. We've talked a huge amount about serenity. That's that's a flotation, uh, you know, that's its raison d'etre is, is to maintain and produce serenity. But I'd like to know the the kind of personal take that you have on on those words. So if we start with health, what, what does the word health actually mean to you what does how would you describe it for yourself um i think that so for me i'm someone who tries to strive for balance um i can be quite an extreme person at times you know i work really really hard i kind of try sometimes train to excess and um for me it's about you know living as cleanly as I can without being obsessive 
and doing the things that I enjoy without letting them become an obsession. So for me, um, it's, it's really about just trying to find the level of balance. Uh, and that, that's a personal thing, as I say, because I'm a person who has a tendency to become unbalanced. Um, so health is, that's, that's how I approach health. Um, and the second one was happiness. Yeah, happiness. So what do you do to get happy? And do you even think it's something which is worth pursuing? We talk about the pursuit of happiness. Mm. I think, um, I guess no is the answer to that, I would say. I don't think the pursuit of happiness is, personally, it's not the way that I would frame, frame it. Uh, I think that almost a level of acceptance and sort of surrender to what is going on is where I find the most happiness. So I, as I, it kind of links to the first point around balance. I am uh, quite driven and I want to try and, you know, grow float works. And, um, but, you know, if I attach my happiness to the growth of float works, for example, which is something I spend a lot of time thinking about and working on, I don't think that pursuit of that goal and that sort of mirage of happiness is, is healthy. I think that accepting where I am right now and what I've got available to me right now, um, that's happiness really. So rather than pursuing, I would say just recognizing and accepting what's going on now. It sounds quite cheesy, I guess, um, but just sort of gratitude practices, I think is a really, really powerful thing that a lot of people would say, oh, that's a bit woo-woo or, you know, it's a bit kind of, you know, up in the sky with the with fairies thinking about gratitude all the time. But actually, you know, if you can focus on the things that are, that you have to be grateful for day to day, I just do feel a lot happier when I'm being meticulous about that and thinking about, rather than thinking about the future and what I'm pursuing, thinking about what's going on today. And, you know, it's nice that I have a, a warm bed to sleep in because it, it really is. You know, it's nice that I get to see my friends every day because that's really nice too. And those simple things um are really the things that i think make make me happy uh, i definitely lose sight of that though frequently and start to focus on the pursuit of goals and things that i don't have um but i think in my more sort of grounded and wise moments i recognize that happiness is about those things rather than the things that i'm pursuing absolutely very wise very wise uh, uh, comments there i think there's a lot there's a lot that we could take from that gratitude's a big thing and i think that so many people forget mm. how 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 well we live these days compared to even our you know parents and grandparents it's a it's a great thing yeah yeah and serenity. i think also we, we, we're also sorry to, no go I, ahead we, we do we do live better than our you know, parents and our grandparents. I think we also have something else to contend with because there is so much out there about go get it and you know be ambitious and achieve and all these things, which is fine. I, you know, that's great. But I think that does add a level of pressure that perhaps wasn't quite as prominent, maybe. Um, and that's why I think the gratitude thing works both ways because it, it reminds you that actually you're, pretty, you're probably quite lucky in the scheme of things particularly if you listen to this podcast, then <laughs> it's likely that you're okay. Um, and also, we're you know, working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but even just having access to a podcast means that you've got a level of comfort. Uh, and I think that's important to remember, but it also does help you to not get distracted by the sort of trappings of the modern world as well. So I think it cuts both ways. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Very so the serenity thing. Serenity, exactly. So, I mean, as we said, floating is probably one of the most serene things you can do. You talked about meditation, but um, what else do you do in your in your own practice, or how do you kind of, you know, what is your daily practice, for example, for just being able to do that to turn down the noise and reach that point of stillness? Yeah. So, I think I probably um, I've only really established a regular meditation practice this year. And I've done 65 days in a row now, which is the most I've ever done. And I've been trying to get an established meditation practice for a, a few years and found it quite difficult. Um, so for me, that daily practice of meditation is really valuable. And the weekly floating is really valuable. Exercise is really, really valuable for me. And I don't, like, again, balance. I'm not trying to, like I used to try and be, you know, the best at everything and go to the gym for hours every day. 
but don't try and do that anymore. Just try and get some exercise every day. And they're just simple things, really. Um, I find that also serenity, I achieve serenity as well by, you know, I have a lot going on in my life. So I find that writing it down on a piece of paper gets it out of my head and onto a piece of paper. And that results in a level of serenity as well. So, yeah, I think that exercise, not extreme, just some exercise every day. And that, that could be like a fast walk, you know, for 45 minutes. I'm not saying you need to go and do something extreme. Um, meditating has helped, floating has helped, and also getting my thoughts out onto a piece of paper when I'm a bit overwhelmed by them helps. They're the things that I do to try and achieve a level of serenity. And then also the, the whole gratitude thing helps, thinking about, you know, what I'm grateful for. Because I have a tendency to get wrapped up in myself, like we all do, <laughs> thinking about that's, what's that's, not fair. That's not just you. <laughs> I think yeah. that's everybody. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so doing that, all, they're all interlinked, aren't they? The health, they are. serenity and happiness, the practices around them. Um, they're all interlinked, I think. Wonderful. Yeah. Ed, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me today. I, I love what you're doing. I think it's really great. Um, you know, everybody is out there these days. We all need to make a living. We all need to make a buck. As you said, you know, everybody's also striving for success. But to do that in a way that actually benefits other people and benefits health and well-being, I think is is perhaps the business model of the future. <laughs> I would certainly support that to be a business model for the future. And as you're part of that, I very much appreciate it and hope that your success grows and grows and that we can contribute a little bit to that and send a few people your way. Thank you. I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's nice sometimes, you know, when you're day-to-day it's nice to stop and actually remember what you're doing and have a exactly. chat with someone about that. <laughs> uh, so it's quite nice. It's quite, you know, it's a bit inspiring to check in and think, oh yeah, you know, we, what we're doing is good and it's it's fun. And again, you know, I'm grateful to be able to do it. It's not, not everybody on, on the planet is able to do something they enjoy and to earn some money from it and to help people. It is, you know, I'm very fortunate to, be able to do that and I, and I do enjoy it. And it's really nice to talk to you about it. So thanks a lot. You're more than welcome. Pleasure is all mine. Cool. Thank you. And so, my dear listeners, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Ed as much as I did. Doesn't that sound absolutely wonderful? The idea of spending an hour completely weightless, no input, no sensory overload, no sensory stimulation of any sort whatsoever. So you can just chill out, relax, and let the cares and the woes of the day and life just slip away from your mind and your body. Sounds absolutely wonderful. Highly encourage people to find a flotation centre near you. And if you're based in London, then get in touch with Floatworks. And if you enjoyed this episode and think it may be of use to somebody that you know, then please pass it on. We highly encourage that. That's exactly what we're doing this for. And of course, if you would like to be notified of future episodes of London Heal, then please pop over to our website, londonheal.com, sign up to our mailing list, and you will receive notifications of any new episodes. And you will also receive extended show notes, um, which covers some of the details of the episodes so that you don't have to listen and take notes. And of course, if you could rate and review us on um, Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely great. And just tell everybody you know how fabulous London Heal is. That would be really wonderful. We really appreciate it. And so my dear listeners, until next time, that leaves me to wish you, as always, health, happiness and serenity.